0: This is a special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. We're going to take a look at the pandemic of coronavirus with Michelle Constant. She's the CEO and founder of Constant and Associates. She's an expert, I guess, health security. Is that how you describe yourself, uh, Michelle? Health security? That
1: is. Yeah, that's the correct term, health security.
0: Who knew that we would have to have it? (laughs) I knew... I've been
1: doing this since 1997. But that encompasses public health disaster preparedness, which includes things like pandemic. It also includes bioterrorism type incidents.
0: Okay, let's, let's just jump right into it. Did the government wait too long to say, hey, we have a real problem? And I say that because about four weeks ago, I did my very first coronavirus interview. 4 weeks ago.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So let's to to answer that, let's take a look at the timeline. So we know that the first case was identified in China on December 31st of last year, right? Mm-hmm. We know that within 9 days from that it was still an unknown virus. We saw cases immediately popping up abroad. And then about three weeks later, we saw our first case in the United States. So the first case in the US was in the state of Washington on January uh, 21st. And at that time locally, in in our business, we say all disasters are local. So at that time locally, they did move forward with something called non-pharmaceutical interventions or NPIs. Uh, These are protective measures that can be taken within the community to help prevent illness. And and they did that because we know that there's currently no vaccine and there's really no medication used to treat it. Um, Some things to think about when we are talking about non-pharmaceutical interventions are the implications of these NPIs. And the government has to really seriously consider the implications of these NPIs, so for example. If we look at travel restrictions, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, they should have implemented travel restrictions sooner. They had, you know, should have been more strict about things. But we have to look at some of the ripple effects. So, you know, for travel, you are looking at economic impacts to anybody that would be in the travel industry. Um, you know, you're you're talking about how airlines are affected, airline staff are affected. Hotel staff, you know, check-in staff, bellhops, cooks, shuttle services—you name it. Uh, you can take another example of social distancing that we're seeing now, especially where I'm at in Los Angeles, and that can have severe economic impact.
0: Four to six so, feet—is um, that—is that what you're talking about, or is that, or, or are you talking about, uh, you know, let's not do conventions and have dinner with eighty-seven people?
1: <laughs> now it's fifty. That's all included in there when we talk about social distancing. So, you know, that can be reducing traffic in restaurants, which is an announcement that we saw released by the mayor of Los Angeles yesterday. Doing something like that can, of course, affect income for cooks, for wait staff, for cleaning staff. Uh, it does include the sporting events. We've seen a number of restrictions around that. Concerts, think about all the people that are employed uh, by the, by the concert industry. With schools, I mean, that has significant ripple effects. So I'll, I'll give you an example of that. For schools, if a parent needs to stay home because the school is closed, that parent could lose wages. And for, for some people, that's that's not a big deal, but for other people, it's a very big deal. It can be absolutely devastating. Uh, another thing to think about with school closures is the measure of social distancing is you know for a lot of kids the meals that they get at schools are the only meals they get for the day so you know these are all some of the things that the government has to consider when they move forward with um, proactive protective measures
0: michelle let me interrupt you for a second mm-hmm. the, but the question is did the government wait too long to say hey look wash your hands Stay away from people. We have a problem. We're not sure exactly what it is yet. It's called the coronavirus. Should they have done something in in the middle of January as we saw what was happening?
1: We saw that the government has been very proactive with releasing information. I am on the CDC website all the time. I also check several websites from uh, local health jurisdictions. As somebody who's been in the industry for as long as I have, I can tell you that they have grown leaps with their ability to push information out and push information out across multiple channels. So now we're seeing information being released not only through traditional media like the news, but we're also seeing information released across social media, Facebook, Twitter, even Instagram accounts. And we saw initially that there was information about uh, what the symptoms of the illness were But part of the issue is that it's an unknown virus. And as I've watched this event unfold, I've seen the characteristics of the symptoms be modified to some extent. Uh, So there were a lot of unknowns for the government. Also, again, with the protective measures and the non-pharmaceutical interventions, there is a heavy weight that has to happen. There's a balance between what's necessary to protect the public given the risk versus the significant ripple effects that these um, protective measures can cause. So I'll give you some numbers just just as an example. Sure. So right now, right now, as of today in Los Angeles County, we know that 69 people have tested positive for COVID-19. If you look at the population of LA County, on the conservative side, there's 10 million people across Los Angeles County. So that means that the total percentage of people in L.A. County that have been tested positive for COVID-19 is point zero 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 six nine. right? Mm-hmm. So that's the total percentage of people that have been tested positive for COVID-19. We also know that 80% of the people that get the disease have a mild case. Now. "Quote unquote mild case" is still not comfortable. You can still have a fever. It can still be very uncomfortable, but it is in fact a mild case.
0: And and let so me then, let me interject again, and that is yeah. that it's like having a bad case of the flu, the regular flu, if there is such a thing as the regular flu.
1: Yeah, it. I mean, a, a mild case could be could look like a bad case of the flu. There are some specific symptoms associated with. COVID-19 though that are different and when you know in the event that someone feels that they have COVID-19 or they have certain illnesses what they need to do is they need to contact their local health care provider and connect with them on what the next steps are. Right now one of the things that the government is looking to do is they're looking to help burden the impact on the health care system so um, anybody who thinks that they're exhibiting illness should um, contact their local health provider
0: and somebody said uh, the other day to me that that people over 65 may or may not be treated have you heard that one
1: so people over 65 are at higher risk right the folks the folks that are at higher risk are older adults and they're people who have serious chronic medical conditions medical conditions and that can include things like uh, lung disease diabetes and heart disease. So these are the people that are at higher risk. We saw an announcement come out from Governor Newsom yesterday that asked those who were over 65 to stay home in isolation to help prevent the spread of illness and help to reduce the likelihood of their exposure. Uh, We know that these are, this combined with the symptoms of COVID-19 are some key things that healthcare providers do look for when they're determining whether or not to administer a COVID-19 test, so this is a you know this is a critical population
0: for us, and there are more people in that age range than almost any other uh, uh, category. I think millennials have finally beat the the baby boomers, but the the difference between this and other flus, other kinds of infections that we've you know we've had SARS we've had uh, uh H1N1 Ebola uh, even the 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 anthrax scare of a number of years ago all of these kinds of things kind of remind me of the black plague of, 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 of you know is is this the black plague are, are we going to lose millions of people
1: it's interesting that you mentioned all of those different diseases. So we plan for all of those diseases on a regular basis. We, I've worked on Ebola planning, H1N1 planning, um, the bird flu, uh, aerosolized anthrax. And we, the mo- most of the work that we do is with the government. And I can tell you that there are plans in place. There are exercises that are done on a regular basis. There's training that's done on a regular basis. There are very sophisticated supply chain operations that are at the ready and are currently being pulled to help respond to an event like this. So certainly it's unprecedented in a lot of ways. It's, it's certainly different than the normal flu, especially given the um, heightened mortality rate. Um, but at the same time, we know that the government can heavily leverage some of the, the practices and learnings from the other threats that they've experienced recently to help be at the ready to continue to respond to COVID-19 and its unfolding events.
0: We both live in the Los Angeles uh, area or the Los Angeles DMI it's called, uh, 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 area of uh, dominant influence. It's a television and radio term. And I live in Ventura County, so it's a little bit different from Los Angeles County and the city of Los Angeles. However, uh, you know, closing restaurants, big fiscal impact. Um, you know, only takeout. Don't get. You know, all of this. I was at. The, I went to the gym on Saturday. I was there for about 12 minutes, and I thought to myself, "What the hell am I doing?" <laughs> and I got out of there. I didn't shower. I didn't go to the steam room. I didn't sit in the jacuzzi, and I didn't work out. I worried. Should we all yeah. be worrying?
1: Well, you have to look at the the threat Um, and and again, you know, in Los Angeles County, it's .000069% of people throughout the county have tested positive for Mm -hmm. COVID-19. Again, I'll I'll give you the statistic that 80% of the cases are mild cases. So while we're certainly seeing a spike in the number of cases, I watch and see how many cases are identified here in Los Angeles County every day, We're seeing a spike, there is an uptick. And with the healthcare system, they are certainly seeing an influx of patients presenting what they call it influenza-like illness or ILI. Uh, At the same time, we do know how it spread, and folks should take comfort in knowing the way that it spread for the most part. And you can take basic precautions to protect yourself from getting the disease. And those basic precautions, precautions are hygienic practices, so one key thing to do, and I'm sure you've heard of this, but I, I, I think it merits repeating, is when you wash your hands, make sure you wash your hands for 20 seconds, 20 seconds. And that's kind of a long time, but because there's so much anxiety going around specifically about COVID-19, take it as an opportunity for some self-soothing. <laughs> you know, it's it's 20 seconds, and just you, the water, and the soap. And um, that's one of the main things that you can do also wiping down common areas with uh, disinfectants is a good idea we talked about the social distancing of six feet so you know I, I don't think there's concern for utter panic but there certainly is concern for heightened heightened practices and being alert to the information that's being released by the local health department they will let you know when you need to take additional measures and I know that there's information that's available from different news outlets there's information available from the World Health Organization from the CDC the uh, entity that you want to pay the closest attention to is your local health department because your local health department will be providing recommendations and guidance based on the threat in your area. We, and for us again it's Los Angeles
0: County. We did a, 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 a segment uh, earlier today with Dr. Earl Mandel about you know boosting your immune system across the mm-hmm. board you know taking supplements yeah. Uh, uh, doing, you know, at least mild exercise, which is a good thing to do, uh, coronavirus uh, or not, and how to boost your immune system. I think that that's an important thing to to consider. And again, here at Late Night Health, we encourage people to take their own health care into their own hands. If they want to follow traditional or alternative, if they want to blend the two, whatever is Good for you is is what you should do. I went to the market. I got up early this morning. My wife thought I was nuts. Hmm. But I went to the market just to see what was going on. And mm-hmm. first of all, the people are very nice. You know, one package of That's hot good. dog buns and mm-hmm. one lady said to the other one, go ahead. It's all right. I've got some more. Yeah. Um, you know, the people are being very nice. But the woman in front of me had at least a four hundred and fifty to six hundred dollar basket of food. Oh boy! Yeah, I know. Huh? It, it's it. Should we be stocking up? I mean, hoarding, if you will.
1: So, as a measure of disaster preparedness, it's a good idea to have two weeks of supplies on hand, regardless. And the supplies can consist of um, non-perishable food. Uh, additional medication water and so forth so two weeks is the practice and two weeks is what's currently being recommended by the government now there is an exception to that if you are a member of a group that's at higher risk like again older adults people who have serious chronic, uh, chronic medical conditions you should consider having even additional supplies than the two weeks uh, the government is recommending quote Several weeks, so you know it's appropriate to stockpile. It's something that hopefully folks are doing on a regular basis as part of regular readiness measures. But if you are one of those most at-risk groups, it's also appropriate for you to take additional measures and have more supplies on hand at home.
0: I'm going to go back to my first question uh, as we we wrap up uh, uh, our, our our talk together, and I, you know as we do this. Uh, as we go through uh, the 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 coronavirus uh debacle if you will um, if it's all right I'd love to check in with you every every little bit um should the government have warned the american people earlier that's and and michelle that's either a yes or a no answer i'm i i you know to me they should have but I'm not an expert, I just talk for a living.
1: Uh-huh. Well, and, and what I want to underscore is that the government has many factors that they need to consider in making these decisions. So we look at this, you know, the first case was identified on December 31st. We are under 90 days since the first case was identified. And if that first case wasn't identified in the United States, it was identified in China. Right, um,
0: the and I, under, I understand that, but we, we apparently, we saw that it was spreading. It went to Iran, it went to Italy. I mean, Spain closed down, Germany has closed down. but they seem to have reacted faster than we did. Mm-hmm. and And while we had these you know uh, uh, we had plans in place, should mm-hmm. we have at least said, "Hey, folks?" We may have a problem. Be careful. At least that yeah, much. Yeah,
1: they and and they, you know, plans have been activated. Messages were going out consistently from the very beginning. I think the the point that I'm wanting to underscore here is that all of the decisions that are made have tremendous ripple effects. Yes. To include significant economic distress that we're already seeing. I'm sure you're watching the stock market. You know, local economies are affected. The global economy, but but I think the point that uh, that I'm trying to make is that the the government must consider the ripple effects, sure. so that you don't have a secondary disaster. We know that this won't last forever, uh, and when it ends, you know the government wants to make sure that there is a community to come back to. And what we've seen with the various disasters is that if the greater economic fabric isn't strengthened and if there aren't safeguards in place for ensuring that there is a you know a community to come back to from a financial standpoint, it's really hard for the community to recover. Right. So there's you know, there's certainly a balance between the the threat and the risk. Versus causing a secondary
0: financial disaster uh, Let me, you know, something that just popped into my head I was uh, with a friend of mine the other day And actually at a at a bank And we were talking And apparently there are some vaccines that have been developed uh, The Israelis have, a, have said that they have a vaccine And a testing system that's very effective We know that the Israelis d- d- do some really tremendous things um we've we've used their um their secret service to to do some of our bidding over the over the years why can't if they have a vaccine and it's apparently an oral vaccine why why can't we get it i mean i know the fda and that's another story um but if it's effective in israel wouldn't it be effective here too
1: so, there are multiple companies that are working on developing a vaccine. Um, from everything that we've heard, it's going to be at least 15 months between the vaccine can be developed, adequately tested, and made available. So, that's what we're hearing in terms of the vaccine.
0: Gotcha. Uh, Michelle, thank you very much. Michelle Constant, she's the CEO and founder of Constant and Associates. Um, She's been doing outbreak planning, infectious disease planning, and pandemic planning for clients for the last 20 years, working with uh, the Department of Defense, Homeland Security, U.S. Department of Health, California Department of Health, and the L.A. County uh, Department of Public Health. We appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate your information, and we look forward to getting an update from you uh, as, as we move forward. And be careful in the supermarkets, Michelle. It's, 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 <laughs> Thank you, I will. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy out there. Uh, I'm Mark Allen for Late Night Health. Be sure to join us at com as we do these special reports on the coronavirus.